0: Beautiful people, we are back. This is part two of my conversation with Delisha Grant. If you didn't get a chance to listen to part one, it is absolutely worth the listen. I promise I won't steer y'all wrong, okay? Gems on gems on gems, and much of the same coming up in part two. So let's dive back into our chat. Check it out. So, when it comes to like doing all the things, right? And like you said, for people who have the most critiques, because I say this all the time, I'm like, people who say you're doing too much are probably not doing enough. How do you maneuver through doing all the things and keep your sanity? That's part A. And then part B is how do you address or not address any feedback about that from outside sources?
1: All right. So I think it's important and and full disclosure to talk about how December 26th started, right? Because December 26th has started, then went away and then came back. And I'm putting that out there because I want people to really not only be, be inspired by the ability to do all the things, but that it's also okay to have stops, starts and stops and like have to cut, like step back and be like, I, I thought, no, I got to revamp this. So I launched December 26th as a blog when I was still in solo practice and I did it because what we were talking about, I, I was like counseling all these people and playing therapist and seeing all these issues that were cropping up that had nothing to do with the law in the community that I was working in and and socializing in. And I was like, you know, I'm going to start a motivational blog. That's what I'm going to do. It'll be a great branding and marketing thing to kind of put myself out there, not as just a lawyer, but a speaker and all the other things I was interested in, but also encourage the demographic that I serve. For people who who don't know, you know, what December 26th is and what it it means, uh, the name comes from when I was a kid, Christmas was my absolute favorite holiday. Like, and it wasn't because we got a ton of things. We often got more of the things that we needed than what we wanted. Um, but I loved being around my grandparents and my cousins and the music and the food and all of that. And then on the twenty sixth, it would just be over, and I would have like the post holiday blues, and I wouldn't get excited again until my birthday rolled around uh, in February. And so as an adult, I started using this term, December 26th syndrome, in jest, right? I I was using it to describe those periods of life where you didn't quite know what's next. Like something great has happened and then now that's over and you're trying to figure it out. And for visionaries and high achievers, we tend to have a laser-like focus when we're working towards a goal, the launch of a business, the launch of a brand, trying to finish a book, trying to finish an album, graduate, promotion, whatever, But when that thing is over and the chapter changes, or you've come through some kind of disappointment or failure or shift or whatever you want to call it, we can really fall into a place of despair. We're like, we're not doing anything. So the December 26er brand, people who we call 26ers are those who are high achievers and they may struggle with that, but they know there's a better way and they desire to make consistent progress. They desire to maximize potential every single day. They desire to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. And that is what the the tagline is, be extraordinary on an ordinary day. So I like started this blog that was all about that. Like how to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. I was telling bits and pieces of my story and um, was getting amazing feedback, right? So it started in written form. People were like, this is great. I had people like inboxing me, like, I've read 42 self-help books, and this is, is helping me in a way that none of them did. Um, and I was excited about it. It was something I was passionate about. And then when I sort of went into this really dark wilderness in my professional and personal life, I was like, I can't encourage anybody. So I just went dark. I stopped writing. Like people were emailing and texting, like, yo, what happened to the blog? And I'm like, the old posts are there, but I just don't have it in me. So then, in the process of rebuilding my life, which took years, it took years for me to find my footing, figure out what made me happy, figure out what I wanted my practice to look like, my career, my personal life. I was going through breakups and this and that. So as I was speaking, I would drop bits and pieces of like my story around really the Valley and like how I came out of that. And it was like someone I knew personally, who was like, you need to bring 26er back. Like this is the next phase of 26 er And you should bring it back as a podcast because podcasts are popping now. I was like, podcast, like who wants to listen to me talk, you know? And they were like, people were like, you'd be surprised, just do it. So I launched the show as a weekly show uh, and I was doing like these 20 minute solo episodes where I was like weaving in advice, kind of my journey of how I got into the space that I was in at the time. And then we, we went and my brother was helping me as a producer. And I'm telling you, I was recording this show, right? You know, because you're a podcaster, but when you don't have a guest and it's just you talking a 20 minute recording, a 20 minute episode can take like six hours, right? I would be in my closet, like literally in my closet at my place with the little setup and the, you know, the pop filter, like you have right now and everything. And it was taking me like all night to just record 20 minutes. Because I didn't know how to transition without another person, whatever, but I was committed to it. So I did it. And then I was like, you know, we should start interviewing folks about their story. And so I launched the show December 26, 2017. We did like 15 episodes with just me. And then we started interviewing people. And now here we are, you know, over three years later, 164 episodes in, um, where we're, you know, continuing to do that. Right. Um, and I feel like I'm off your original question, but I wanted to give that background of like how the show started because it's important, right? Like what the show is today and yeah, and like how we manage the show today. I want people to know, like I had this grand idea in 2013 and flamed out in the first year. And had I had I stuck with it then, I probably have a million followers by now, right? Because the people who were starting things the same time I did, who were on panels with me, some of them are names that you know. I won't say them, but people I started speaking on panels with are very well known now. Okay. So I had that stop and then I, I came back to it. So what the show looks like today and how that fits into my life is before COVID, um, we would record in person and we eventually incorporated video. So we have these long shoot days where we bring in six guests on a schedule and we have camera setups and lights, and we have to run a space, and I would do these episodes. We'd record all the interviews back to back. It'd be like a sixteen, eighteen hour day, but we would have content, you know, for the next five, six weeks. So we had this arsenal of of episodes. And we would just drop them on Tuesdays. And like we we let the show kind of grow organically, word of mouth. But what I noticed is I was looking at the metrics. We dropped the show at three AM Eastern Standard Time every Tuesday. And I noticed I started looking at the show, the metrics, like by 6 a.m. that morning. Without fail, we would have a few dozen people who've listened by 3, by 6 a.m. And I'm like, who are these people that are like pressing play? Oh, uh, okay. Like impressing play the minute the episode drops. So they start looking at that. And I started looking at like geography, And it was like people in Europe. It was a couple of people in South Africa, you know, some New Yorkers who, I guess, on the treadmill. I don't know. And when I saw that, like, I was like, I went to my brother who's still the producer of the show who books all the guests. And I was like, that was all I needed. That was all the confirmation I needed. We don't market at all. We ain't telling nobody. But there's this core group of people who every week are devouring our content in a rabid manner before the sun is up. And that's when the light bulb hit for me that like, yo, I, I thought with regard to entrepreneurship, that law was the path. That's never what I was meant to do as an entrepreneur. What I am meant to do as an entrepreneur is related to media, right? And content like that. It all like clicked all of a sudden, Right. It doesn't mean that we turn the show into a business right away, right? They, you know, we don't even, we don't monetize our show. We make we make money in other ways because now we get called in to speak sometimes and, you know, pre-COVID do workshops and all that other stuff. Um, but I had this like moment of like, this started as a passion project, but it is a brand and it's a brand that can be built into a sustainable business. So we've had to pivot again, you know, since COVID, like everybody, and now we're doing remote interviews just like we're doing now when all of our interviews before were it was required that they were in person because I like the energy of seeing somebody you know and, and being able to kind of play off each other in that way and when we had to go virtual I was like oh this is not our thing but virtual has been a blessing as well because a people are home so we had access to people that we normally probably wouldn't have been able to pin down and, you know, we, we got, we pulled some big guests, right. That would have never happened otherwise. So it, we're still this weekly show and we're dropping content and we're actually preparing um, for the second half of the year to expand. And there's some micro content that's coming and some offshoot to the show that I'm really, really excited about. Um, but that, and the doing all the things right to, to your earlier inquiry, what that looks like today <laughs> looks very different than um, what it did last year. So it was like a set it and forget it. You know, we had really found our rhythm. Where we booked these guests. We come in once a month. I knew I had to give up one Saturday. I would come with a garment bag. We have wardrobe changes. You know, I get all done up. You know, we put this whole thing up. We're there 8 a.m. in the morning to 8, nine, ten at night. But I had content. And then it was just sending it to the editor and uploading it. And it was great. So it didn't feel like work. It felt like a really long weekend once a month. Now we're running and gunning it again. Like trying to fit people in wherever we can. I'm recording every week because we can't get everybody on the same day. People now don't want to come on because they feel like they haven't been doing nothing for years. So like what am I going to talk about? I've been stalled. Um so we've had to find ways again to like like the rest of the world adapt. So I do feel like I'm doing all the things in a way that's not healthy again, right? With regard to this show. And I will be honest about that because it was easy to like do my real job, right? And then compartmentalize the show and like, okay. And then I have the rest of the month to myself. Now it is, uh, it's like, oh, I got to record on Saturday and then I got to jump on again on Sunday or well, this person only available on a Thursday night. So now I've worked a, you know, 10, 12 hour work day and I got to get online and be on for an interview. And there was a lesson here for me, right? As someone who's like, I can do all the things and I can manage life in the last six months has really just not to be flat on my back. Right. And, and, and I think a lot of us have gone through this in a lot of different ways. I came into 2020 so excited. I was like this is going to be and if you talk to people who were talking to me then, I was saying at the beginning of 2020, this is going to be a year of transition for me. It's going to be I feel like we're going to be on the road, but I was looking at all the positives, right? We're going to be on the road speaking more, the show's going to grow. I'm really excited about it. Um it's it's going to be great. Like I just I know there's something happening in the air, to the shift in energy, and the year started incredibly strong. Like All these opportunities were coming. We were getting uh, calls about live events for the year. We were planning some live podcast events, whatever. My birthday was on a Sunday, um, February 2nd. I had, um, we were doing a fireside chat at Citibank in Delaware on February 3rd to launch their black history month activities to talk about our journey as podcasters and telling black stories. And I was like, it's about to be lit in 2020. Like this is how I felt, right? We're going to city like city has brought us in, right? That was the third. Okay. I was also negotiating, um, the contract the day I was, we were doing that talk. I, right before I stepped on the stage, I was negotiating the final offer on the house that I now own. So I was about to buy a house. I was like, you know, things are moving. Like, finally. That was the third. The sixth of February, my cousin's fiance dropped dead at the age of 29. Somebody who had been in our family for 10 years, right? So they were engaged to be married, but they had been together forever. Rocked us all. Like, how does this healthy young man? You know, collapse and pass away, uh, like this. So that was the first where it was like, okay, 2020, what do you want, right? And so we, we go through that, and we talked about it on the show. This is public. March, the whole world changes. Okay, um, in this process, because now uh, I'm in house, right? So I have my my things I do on the side, but I'm an in house lawyer. I was negotiating to make a career change. Um. That really was like a dream career change for me where I could be exactly who I am and travel and speak, but still have this this position. Um, so I was getting ready to make a job change. I closed on my home. So it still was like, okay, I, I had a tragic thing. We had a tragic thing as a family that happened. But I'm trying to figure out how to close on this house and move during COVID, you know, start a new position during COVID. But it's all good. So I'm working through that. We still doing the show. We have missed a beat. Again, big episodes happened. The Clark Sisters movie premiere, we interviewed the director. That interview like was out of here. Then her husband, who was an NBC exec, came on. That interview was out of here. Like people loved it. So I'm like, I'm maintaining. Like it's stressful, but I'm maintaining. I gotta figure out how to move in COVID, but I'm maintaining. I've gotta figure out how to get renovations done, which were supposed to be done before I moved in, but now because of COVID, construction is suspended and I ain't maintaining two households. Paying two sets of bills, so I got to move and live through renovations, but I'm maintaining. It was like July, I think, where I said to myself, something feels a little off with me. And if you've been through enough valley experiences, you know when you're headed there before you get there. And I was like, "Mm, something don't quite feel right. Uh, Let me go ahead and cut this off at the path. I'm feeling a bit stressed. I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. I'm really tired. Maybe it's just COVID fatigue. Maybe it's just doom scrolling, reading too much negative news. Um, COVID at that point hadn't really affected my family, but I was like worried, you know. And so I was like, I've been to. I'm a huge proponent of therapy, and I had been to therapy at two other seasons in my life. And I found a black therapist, and I started working with her. Um, and I was like, oh, I said, I don't quite know why I'm here. But I'm feeling like I need it. Like, I just, I just feel like I need this outlet and this safe space for an hour a week. I was dating somebody at the time and things looked like it wasn't really going in the right direction. And at this age, you want everything to be going in the right direction because who has time to waste when you want to be a wife and a mom and you're in your late 30s. So I was like, mm, I don't really know if this is going to work. So that was starting to exhaust me. And long story short, this black therapist who's still my therapist and is amazing, is like, kudos to you for like starting to see the read the tea leaves and making the call early. And by August, everything went crazy. Like it, it was like I was setting, setting up what I felt coming, like in my spirit. So that person in the end that I was dating at the time ended that was like, this ain't gonna work, which was it's devastating to me for some reason. Much more devastating than other relationships that have been. In. And I think it's because I'm at an age where I'm like I'm ready to, to start to settle. And that's very hard to do when you're a visionary and a creative and a woman who's really driven. Let's keep it keep it a bean, right? Like it can be very difficult to find the right kind of partner. Um so I was devastated by that because I felt like, oh, I'm back at square one. Uh a really good friend was di- diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. And, uh, you know, like it was like towards the end of August going into September. Um, she was dead by the end of October. So dealing with that, our entire friend circle was like rocked. I mean, it was like, how do you go from like, she and I on the phone, Kiki in uh, in July or early August, she has a seizure. They discover these tumors. So I'm like working through this with my therapist. While also in the first few months of a new position. So trying to find a senior position, trying to find my bearings and January, my father is murdered. And yeah. So my whole world turned upside down, my brother and I, and you know, my dad, like I remember I said earlier, my dad, my mom and my dad had been separated and divorced by the time, you know, I was like 12 and my dad is Jamaican and moved back to Jamaica, um, some years ago and a few years ago. And we you know we had a complex relationship. And so I get this call, you know, from a cousin or a text, like, can you call me? And they're like, you know, your, your dad was attacked by these men. There was some kind of dispute. They came back, he was attacked. At the time, I didn't I didn't know the gravity like of what had happened, and and but as the details came out, I was like, "Oh, this is serious." My brother and I were like, "This is serious," and um, you know, a week later, my my father been in the hospital, and needed to have surgery, and you know, it's different in different countries. Like he had to be moved; he was moved to two different hospitals, and like he died the day before you know the surgery was supposed to happen, and so. we're trying to process that of course. And then dealing with like the death of a parent in another country in the middle of COVID um, investigations and autopsies and things take different amounts of time there. So we were like hanging in the balance for almost two months of not being able to funeralize him and then trying to like handle funeral arrangements with relatives from here. And then I'm also as a, as a, as a, An adult child. Now I'm thinking about the complexities of our relationships and what I didn't get from him. So I feel like I'm grieving twice. I'm I'm grieving the loss. I'm grieving um, what I never got. And now there's no hope for redemption and reconciliation there. Um. So all of all of that was happening. And so when we talk about doing all the things, I had to reevaluate what does doing all the things look like when life kicks you in the face, right? Um and now you're grieving and you're you're grieving loss and we all grieve all types of losses, right? I'm talking about death, but there's loss of relationship, there's loss of opportunity, there's loss of clients, there's loss of the vision that you thought your life was going to be and it's not, right? You you can be grieving that. There are many different things and I'm really, i somebody who likes to pull the curtain back on this whole IG image of like, I get up at 5 a.m. and I run and then I have a smoothie and I have my acai berries and then I have my, my goalie gummies and then I write for three hours and I respond to all my emails and I get into work and I have a work block from noon to four and then I meditate and then I record content for the next three weeks and then um, I have my nighttime skincare routine and then I'm in bed by 10 and I get it, I get up and I do it all over again, right? If you do that every day, no matter what's happening in your life, great. But I'm going to, I'm going to propose that you a damn lie. Like if, if, if that, if that is, if you're not on stimulants and you are maintaining that routine, no matter what happens in your life without help, without staff, God bless you. Okay. Because for the last two months, two and a half months, All D has been doing is what she can do. And I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. And some days that means I get up, I do the work that I have to do. I have a glass of wine and I go to bed. Right. Um, So I, and that's why like when you read the bio, I kind of chuckle because all of it is true. But all of those things have never happened simultaneously. Right. And and so um, when we talk about like December twenty-sixth and the whole premise is be extraordinary on an ordinary day, all of us have been living in the last year in a time that is not ordinary. Okay, so how do, how are you extraordinary when the whole world is turned on its head? Sometimes being extraordinary in seasons like this means not doing all the things, but it means compartmentalizing and figuring out what is a necessity to do, figuring out what brings you joy and making sure you incorporate that and figuring out what self-care looks like. So doing all the things is not just about productivity. Doing all the things is serving every piece of yourself. So that when things are difficult, you don't end up on a cycle, right? (laughs) Because just you're trying to maintain the same level of productivity and swing for the fences and life is just not designed for for that at the moment, you know? So while we've kept up the show and and we've done it, which was like incredibly difficult to do, uh, you know, on the last, we had some episodes, like we had a couple where we're like, okay, the first two weeks, it was like, just air those. Right. Um, but we've continued in that way and, and it's been fine. It's been a grind, but it's, it, it was one of the things, it was one of the things that I said, this is a part of the work that I just have to do. Um, but then we were like, okay, everybody else is kind of fatigued too. Like it's hard to get people to do these interviews. Uh, what do we do? So we, we have something in the works we're going to continue the show, but it's just going to look a little bit different for like a mini series um that we're working on and by the time your episode airs that may have happened already but I, it, it was important for me to talk about what's going on with me personally because what i have learned doing this work of podcasting and speaking is that sometimes it has a reverse effect and that people start to do the compare game and even though we're talking about running your own race they hear the race that i'm running and they're like i really need to get my life together you know and Oh my God, she's doing this, that, and the third, and I should be in whatever. There are real life stressors that can prevent you from doing all the things, right? So exhausting potential and manifesting your vision is a process and it's a process that doesn't have to happen all at once. And it doesn't mean that every day you're going to be able to give 110%, sometimes it's going to be 40 But guess what? That's still a a part of running your race and leaving it
0: on the table. Definitely doing all the things, but more so doing all the right things for yourself and your business or your passions or whatever. So I completely agree with that. It's funny because I just committed to my first mastermind um, and brand coach. I knew she was going to be my lady because just in telling, I knew she was going to be my coach because just in telling her, like, she was like, well, tell me about your business. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And by the time I was done, I was about to cry. Like, I was literally, like, tears were in my eyes. She wanted to give me a hug, like, but couldn't because we're on Zoom. And I just was like, but it wasn't that I was emotional that day. It's just like, when you think about a journey over the course of what has been eight years for me. I was like I've been through a lot and you know and having not always processed some of the things that I went through because it was just like I got to keep moving um not realizing that the the not processing some of those things was only going to further hinder me in my journey because it was like how like you never even addressed how, how the breakdown happened in the first place like how did a thing or how did an incident or a moment or a situation with your business debilitate you, what was for me like a year, year and a half, to the point that I couldn't see through the weeds, which was not like me at all. So look, my December 26th herself was like, sis, you've been firing on all cylinders for years, and now you've had this one crushing moment, and you can't see shit. Like, you can't, you just cannot see ahead. Like, you don't know which direction you want to go, so you go in no directions, and, you know, and it was just kind of I felt like I was like a wounded deer who had like just been hit by a car. And I was like trying to get up, but I just couldn't. And and as much as I tried to push myself forward, nothing was working. And truthfully, it took much of 2020 for me to figure out what e- any type of groove was. And I will say, look, even though it is not every day, I will say getting in the gym has super helped me. And meditating, for sure. Deepak and Oprah are getting me through right now, okay? Because they have a 21-day meditation. But is it every day? No. Like, but do I try to jump out of bed and do that? Yes. Gym? And no. Three days a week, that's all I got for for the gym. (laughs) But I have to do that, especially the gym specifically, because anytime I start feeling my anxiety kick up, I'm like, I'm going to go run this off. Like, I'm going to be too tired and out of breath to be anxious. My body can't be physically exhausted and anxious at the same time. That's been kind of my way to work through that stuff, because I know in the direction that I'm going with my business, there are going to be a lot of scary things. There are going to be a lot of scary moments. I also knew that my coach was going to be my coach because she I told her I had a a big ticket client on the line and, you know, this client. Um, works with entertainers and media. So I know she's getting to it. And she had made it very clear that, look, I'm not going to be able to be super involved because I'm really busy in my business. So price it accordingly, which to me means run it up, sis. I mean, that's not what she said, but right? Like, it's like, I'm not going to be able to, right? Like, this isn't as, because typically it's collaborative with my clients when I do websites and branding and all that. And so she was kind of like, look, I'm busy, I can't. So I told my prospective brand coach, The Price, she was like, I need you to increase that by 50%. Having never really had any basis of what that looked like in any capacity, you know, I, d- I didn't know. Because so in your in your case, you knew, right, what a, a lawyer starting out can expect to be making. You knew what your counterparts were were earning. For me, it was not the case because I started out in PR and I just happened to work my way into web design and graphic design. So um, and <laughs> true to our community, um, a lot of the people that I considered my peers were doing very, very discounted, 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 disc- just type prices. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, so, so imagine you trying to get your foundation having these people, you know, running by you or running side, you know, along you or, or alongside you. And you're like, but this isn't working, right? Like these $50 logos, $100, like this isn't working. And I get it. My community is strapped for cash and capital. Like you said, I've experienced that so much on this side of the, of, of the business world. But at the same time, it's like, you know, for me, running my races has, um, has come to the realization that that my race looks different and my, the the race that I'm running with my clients looks vastly different than what you'll get working with somebody else. Um so so in doing all of that, I said uh or I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with that. But yes, I resonate with all the things in your story because it's not easy and it's not like people think it's super easy and you make it look good, but the reality is is like if they knew the mess, right? Like if they knew the feelings that you felt, if they knew the obstacles that you had to overcome, the deals that fell through, um, I think there just has to be a lot more compassion, not only for yourself on the journey, but just for everybody else. I think one of the things that made us click and I know that I just, I felt a kindred spirit with you is because I'm like, oh, system, been through some things. And she's like me in that, you know, she just wants to be, a support to the next woman. Um, to, in order to hopefully uh pass off or you know, head off any any feelings she might have about that or to help her get through that. And so that was where I felt the connection with you and why I was like, we have to talk about all these things because you having done all these things, people don't always know what that looks like in real life and in real in practice. So having real life examples of that is always a blessing.
1: Thank you for having me. I mean you you brought up something that's been on my mind a lot and that is that breakdown, you know, where you say I've been going, going, going for all these years. And and we have a tendency to do that. Of like you go a hundred miles an hour. And even having that experience in solo practice where I was like, you know, I had that week. But after the week, I was right back. I was like, all right, I, I gotta figure something out. And So when I came into 2020 and I was like, this is a year of transition for me, I expected it to be all positive, right? And there were many positive things, but part of the transition was like, I had to, we were all forced to sit down, right? In in a lot of ways and take stock. And between that and experiencing so much loss, that it is a transition for me because what ended up happening is... As somebody who's like, listen, I don't been to therapy, you know, I, I'm self-actualized, all this stuff. What I have realized in this process of having to sit just at home, no brunch, no fly vacations, no dozen, you know, speaking engagements and other events, is that we say time heals all wounds. Doesn't mean the wound healed correctly. Um so I have used the last few months to really take stock of like what wounds do I have? What what was broken in me that was never set right, correctly? And now, you know, I'm figuratively walking with the lint because that break was never put in a cast. Uh, so I, I've been doing a lot of reflection, and this and something I encourage particularly Black women to do, because we've been socialized to rise to the occasion. Just keep going. So you'll figure it out. You can't see your way. but just keep Just keep getting up. Keep... You know, all of these things. And we also are not equipped sometimes to uh, readily recognize the symptoms of depression and anxiety because that doesn't always manifest as just, I'm crying or I'm sad or I can't get out of bed or I'm having a panic attack. There are other manifestations of those issues that come out in ways you may not even realize. Why can't I remember anything? Right? Or, Or just other things that are really symptoms of some deep seated issues. So I, you know, I would encourage your listeners, to extend grace to themselves. Utilize this time. It looks like we're, we're going, we're moving towards finding some form of normalcy, but, but utilize this time to do the inner work and have some tough conversations with yourself and get help like you did if you can to find direction and focus. It's such a worthy exercise and it can feel like a luxury. But if you are listening to this podcast, and you are somebody who wants to do all the things and wants to run your race, it is a necessity. It cannot happen without that internal work and having a safe space where you can just throw it all on the table. And if it means you got to cry, yell, reflect on all the things that didn't happen, did happen, made you angry that you're ashamed of whatever, you need a safe space to work through that because so much of, what we do is about being put put together and being able to articulate and trust Black women, celebrate Black women, all of that. We we are magical.
0: So Delisha, for people who are like, she is my spirit animal. I love her so much. She keeps it so real. How do people stay in touch with you?
1: On IG at Delisha J. Grant, D-E-L-I-S-H-A, J. Grant. Right now, you, you're going to be like, this girl don't even post. But second half of the year, we are working a lot of micro content that you will find there. The podcast, obviously, we announce our episodes there uh, on IG, on all all platforms. It's just December 26th or December, the number two, the number six, ER. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts and on all social media. Um, that's that's our handles. Those are the best places. And also, of course, we have December26er.com where we also um, drop our episodes as well. But lots of new, exciting content coming uh, in a couple of months. So be on the lookout for that
0: as well. Yes. If this conversation resonated with you, I think December 26th is absolutely the next place you need to head to. Just go ahead and hit like, subscribe, share, do all the things over there as well. Delisha, thank you. I loved everything about talking with you. Every time we have gotten on the line, I'm just like, She's like my friend in my head, even though we've only chatted a couple of times. I just feel like you're a kindred spirit and you are you're for us. Um, and when I say us, I mean black people and also for black women, especially. And so I thank you so much for Listen, your time. We're and friends your in reality
1: now and do not get it twisted. I'm for us all day, every day. As Issa said, I am rooting for everybody black that I'm blackity black, 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 like don't let these schools fool you. Like the things that I've done, don't let the LinkedIn fool you. I'm rooting for everybody black. So kudos to you for, for telling our stories and creating a safe space for black women uh, to find those that they can resonate with and, and glean from. I, I'm so happy we did this. This was such a refreshing conversation. Um, so I'm going to continue to support the work that you're doing as well. and praying for season two of the show and your continued success both as a media maven uh, and as an entrepreneur as well.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Delisha. I appreciate you always. Delisha, let me tell you something. Thank you, sis, for blessing the space with your presence and your story and your truth. Even though we only got a small glimpse into all of the women that you are, it was more than enough to inspire us to be all that we are and play big in the world, but also to honor thyself and take care of your star player, a.k.a ourselves. Y'all make sure to follow Delisha on Instagram at Delisha J. Grant and check out December 26 our Podcasts on all platforms, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. If you take away nothing else from our conversation today, I hope you're encouraged to choose your unique path, choose what lights you up, choose what is calling you, and above all of these things, above everything, choose you always. See you on the next one. This is She Looks Like Me.